You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host, Pierce, joined today by Vinny and Jimmy. What's going on, boys? Uh, just, uh, salivating over Kirby Doc today, I'd say, oh, yeah. basically my day. Yeah, so, this is, like, our third time doing this, like, the first time we kind of just, like, messed up, and then the second time I got called, so, it's our third time doing this, so hopefully third time's the charm, so, um, the past few episodes, we've kind of been talking a bit more about the NHL, like, in general, but this episode, we're gonna mainly focus on the Blackhawks because the training cap has been happening and they've actually made a few signings. So mm-hmm. we're going to talk about that. So yeah, we're going to talk about the signings first. Um, they signed Ian Mitchell, which like pretty much we happened. Knew it was gonna happen. Yeah, yeah, we knew it was yeah. going to happen. Like the thing yeah. is, Jimmy, exactly three months ago, we had Charlie Romeliotis on like exactly three months ago and it was also on a Saturday like this. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, right before that, it was, like, Ian Mitchell is, like, expected to sign or whatever. But yeah, we were talking about that. Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't officially sign till like, what, a few days ago. And then, yeah. yeah, we pretty much know what to expect with Ian Mitchell. Unfortunately, he won't be able to play in the uh, playing series against the uh, Edmonton Oilers and when they inevitably go on to win the Stanley Cup. Well, you know, yeah. at least maybe he'll, be on, maybe he'll be on the ice. You never know. That'd be cool mm-hmm. for him to lift his... Lift the cup in his hometown of Edmonton. Well, he's from Calhoun, but that's pretty much outside of Edmonton. Oh, but anyways, I don't want to go. I don't want to go pull full Pierre Maguire here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so let's talk about the uh, the one of the uh, one of the signings they made. Um, they landed one of the most uh, highly sought after free agents from from uh, Europe, Pius Sutter. I think that's how you yeah, say it. Yeah, baby, penis butter, baby. That's my boy. P.S. Probably. I'm P.S. pretty sure it's P.S. It's P.S. Suter, which is definitely yeah. yeah I'm. Uh, it's I'm gonna have to get used to it. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't want to have to tell people who don't know about hockey about P.S. Suter. That's gonna be really weird. So <laughs> that should be interesting. <laughs> Yeah, so just a quick done rundown of uh, P.S. Suter. That's, is that how you say his name? Is it Pius? Yes. P.S.? Okay. I hate All right. I thought it was Pius, yeah. It might be. I mean, I don't know. I hope so. I really hope so. I don't know. I'll just say P.S. Suter, I guess. Yeah, um, So he had a very good year in the uh, Swiss League, um, not only from a statistical standpoint. He led the league, I believe, with 53 points. He had 30 goals as well, so he can put the puck in the back of the nets. Um, oh, you know, it is the right things. Uh, yeah. And from an analytical standpoint, too, they tracked uh, his uh, advanced stats there, and he was, like, number one in, like, I think, Corsi and, like, expected goals for, for all that. So, like, whenever he's out, out on the ice, he's 
always driving play, always creating chances, and that's definitely what you want for the Blackhawks. Um, I just want to say this. Do you agree with this? The Blackhawks have the best European scouting yeah. staff in the yes. NHL. 100 times over, 100 times over, yes. I want to say one thing, like, to that point I was thinking about. <clears throat> because you look at, like, for what I can't, maybe I need to look at this better or a little bit more into it, um, is that there? Like, I can't think of a team that really has been better. You look <clears throat> at, like, the Maple Leafs that have – they've signed, was it uh, Nikita Zaitsev, Ozhiganov, um I don't know smell your Russians, you know, a bunch of lazy bums. Yeah, so they signed those two. They signed Ilya Mikheyev. Um, I, I, I feel like there's somebody else I'm not thinking of, but they signed those two guys. Zaitsev is a bad person and also bad on the ice. Uh, Ozhiganov was just kind of there for a year, and then they finally hit something with Mikheyev. And so like, teams can sign guys, but they're not always going to be good. Right. But you look at the Hawks, you know, Artemi Panarin, sure it helped that they were one of the best teams in the league. That sure helps, you know, him come over. But they I'm get pretty him. sure they signed him, like, during the couple. During the like, I think they signed yeah. him in May 2015, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was during the Duck Series. I'm pretty sure that's when it yeah, was. Yeah, it was but during the Wilder Duck Series. And I, I'm pretty sure that goes for the same with uh, Eric Gustafson, too, which is another good free agency find, no matter yeah. what you think of him. Right. But they signed they, – they went out and they got Panarin, right? And that's a bit of a gimme. Um, but they, they ended up, they went and they got him. They went and they, they, they got Michael Kempney who, you know, didn't work out here, but clearly was, you know, he has a place in the NHL. Sort of. with Washington. Right, right. But they go out, they go after a guy like Cahoon, who nobody was really talking about. You know, they, they clearly scouted his games. They watched him in the, the Olympics, which definitely helped, but they go out, they get a guy like Cahoon, uh, may have wasted his value, but clearly a, another good player. They go out and they get Kubalik, a guy who nobody was talking about. The Kings were, probably weren't going to sign. Oh, yeah, well, technically, Jimmy, they actually didn't sign him. They traded for him and then signed him. <laughs> but it was a fifth-round pick. So I mean, yeah, but they went after the guy. Right? Yeah. But, yeah. The point is, yeah, they always yeah, have that devil's the advocate that Pierce is talking about. Yeah, but they're going, after, fifth they're pick, going right? after guys. They know who they're going after. You can go after anybody, but they're finding these guys, and they're hitting it nearly every time. Mind you, a Victor. They T-Tod. don't miss. Exactly, they don't fucking miss, except for Victor Tikhanov. But Victor Tikhanov is such oh my a nice God, guy. I forgot about that. I can't. He's so nice. He's the nicest guy in the world. I remember him. He was he was awesome, but it just didn't work out. Wasn't he like the translator for Panarin, or was that a new one? Or was it both? Was. It was both of them. It was mostly uh, Tikhanov. I think that's why they brought him over is because he was Panarin's buddy, and then uh, uh, they thought he could have a, a role. Yeah, but just yeah, didn't work out. Yeah. But yeah. Um, I think uh no, I was just gonna say it I don't think it's really a coincidence that Suter ended up going to Chicago because you look at it yeah, you look at it, there was what, nine other teams in the mix or something? That's kinda and, surprising. Only nine and, teams. Yeah. Well, anyways, um that's why he went to Chicago's because they have such a good track record with European free agents. So yeah. I mean it reminds me of the Red Wings, how they were with drafting Swedes. It's kind of how the Hawks have been with and the signing guys from overseas. Yeah, like it's just that it's their thing, and they're good at it. Like they're not just again, they're not just signing guys. They're signing a Calder nominee, and then Cahoon's a great middle six guy. You can play in your top six. You got another Calder guy, and then you have like uh, 
penis suitor comes over and he could be something. So yeah, I don't know, man. Mark Kelly, I love you. And if you see this, I don't know if it's Mark Kelly, like in particular, because I'm pretty sure they have like set European scouts. But yeah, just like shout out to the the amateur scouting and pro scouting. Yeah, yeah, they they do their work. Yeah, very well. It's just a matter of what Stan Bowman does at the top that uh, really affects like what they do with those players if they keep them, how they develop them, and all that. But uh, yeah, yeah, we're gonna go on to another signing, a less known player. I don't even know how to say his name either. I know it's Wyatt, but is it like Kalina? Wyatt Kalinuk or Kalinuk, something like that. Yeah. So I think Vinny's right. So, yeah, he was the captain for, I think, Wisconsin. And yeah. He's from Manitoba. So, get, get in, get in. Um, Jonathan Taves. Yeah. Another, another sure, Manitoba. Might, might get a lake named after him. You're but, right. Uh, yes. Lake Taves right next to uh, Kalanuck River after they win the cup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, the thing about uh, Kalanick is uh, I've heard that he's kind of like a Nick Letty type of defenseman, very smooth skater, going to get the puck up the ice. So, I mean, you can never have enough of those, even if he's just a bottom-pairing guy. Like, to, yeah. to have defensemen that can move the puck up in your bottom-pairing is very valuable instead of those, uh, you know, defensemen like <coughs> Dennis Gilbert, <coughs> Nick Sealer, that kind of uh, suck. Yeah, Suck, punch guys. Kinda, but you know they punch guys, so they must be good, right? Nick Sealer's hot, so you know what? He there's no reason to get rid of him, guys. <laughs> there was someone who had their Twitter account named after Nick Sealer. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, yeah I was like, dude, I and you know why? I guess I can't blame them, dude. He's got he looks like the Crimson Shin from Oddly uh, Oddly Fair. Oh Fair my god, god. I need to look this up right now. <laughs> I want to show this uh, to the camera. Nick Sealer. Fact about uh, Kalanuk, he was a um. This is for my buddy Jake. Fuck you, Jake, by the way. Um, he was a seventh-round pick. Fuck you, Jake. Philadelphia Flyers and clearly knew that I, he didn't want to be a Philly press. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Look at that shit. Look at that, man. Look at Dude, that I saw, like, a, there was, like, a uh, – I've seen, like, a little clip of him on the Hawks bench on Twitter, and yeah. he, like, smiles, and he has <laughs> – when Sealer smiles and he has, uh, he still had like the Minnesota Wild logo in his uh, mouth. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. You see that? Fake, fake he's player. A, dude, he's, he's a spy. He's a spy. He's a double agent. Guys, you should never, just never trust anyone. Never trust anyone nowadays. Not even Squidward's house. <laughs> dude, I love how like, there's like a specific group who's going to get that joke. Yeah, great. But no, uh, I, oh, yeah, Wyatt Kalina clearly knew that it's, Philly trash is better than Chicago, so I just want to remind. It's also you. it's also a good signing because the Hawks clearly have more right-handed D coming yeah. up than lefties. On the left side, I mean, notably you got uh, Nicholas Bodine. So if you can get anything out of Kalinuk, even if he's yeah. just a bottom pairing guy, it's a it'd be a big deal. Oh yeah, yeah I need to plug my. Uh... My publishing. I've actually started a uh, like a oh, media yeah. page with my good friend uh, Wally and uh, Charles. Um, we've been writing articles. We actually came out with a mock draft, and it has like I'm gonna check the stats right now. It has 336 views, and we've written a bunch of articles. Like, uh, hang on, I'm gonna look it up. Like Wally did. Has done, Wally has done like, up for the boys. really good work. He did like a video breakdown of Lucas Carlson, Slater Cuckoo, and then. He compared Alex Nylander to Table Terrifying, which I thought was really interesting. It was kind of weird. It was really weird how like similar the stats were. Um, yeah, man. 
And then uh, Charles came out with a really good article, like, looking at all the bad and good moves that Stan Bowman's made. So if you guys haven't checked out our, our uh, Medium page, it's called Crow's Nest. So I'll try to link it. But, uh, yeah, me and Charles and Wally have been putting in some great work. and Yeah, they, they do great work. So check them out. Yeah. yeah. I got to say, I, I was thinking about that uh, Wally's article. And I wonder um, – and I – I don't think I don't think they're completely the same in terms of uh God I got a some pump going on right now. Uh, I don't, they're not the same as in like how hard they play as in like Teravine and definitely I would better say defensively. better defensively. Yeah, I I feel like he took less nights off than Nylander did. But but if Gabriel yeah. Teravine's last name was Nylander, I'm pretty sure it would be a different conversation. Yeah. Like yeah. I think, I think the name, and like Trevor Van Riemsdyk's name did a lot for him. I think that Nylander's name doesn't do a lot of good for him at all. It's also think, uh, oh, go ahead, Pierce. Oh, I was gonna say Terry Vine's kind of like a more low event player, and then Alex Nylander's more high event. That's what I took away from like looking at the stats. I think uh, his yeah. like expected goals was lower, and like his expected goals against were lower for Terry Vine, and but then like the expected goals for and against were higher for Nylander. So yeah, yeah. Yeah, play the strong. He, just, he just needs to fucking. I, I'm beating a dead it's, horse. Yeah. So with Teravine and Nylander, it's obviously two different situations. Nylander's a guy where it, you know, Teravine in Chicago when he started was probably in a better situation. I think we can all agree on that. A little bit. Um, so with <laughs> yeah, Nylander, Nylander in a sense got buried in Buffalo. And yeah. I mean, I who, think, who hasn't though? Besides like Eichel. yeah. And yeah, yeah. So that's another story, but I just think uh, with Nylander on the Hawks, um, it's he's a guy where with that type of play style, you need to build up confidence. And I think it's it'll take a bit of time with him, but uh, we've seen, like we saw at the end of the year, he started stringing up uh, some really good performances. Yeah. yeah, definitely towards the end of the year, he was a lot better. Loved his last game especially. Like It's I, just... Oh, he could be so good, but it's just yeah. like he's so inconsistent, man. It's just yeah. Oh. He just needs to compete, right? I mean, that's why he started. You saw him start having success. He started competing more, winning more puck battles, um, and that's what he needs to do. To like, in my eyes, at least. Yeah. So hopefully, he can t- he can continue that. Yeah. yeah. So, um, do you guys want to get into kind of like the like the training, whatnot, all yeah. that? All right. Yeah. So. Training has been going on for five days. It started on Monday. Actually, as a matter of fact, in exactly two weeks, uh, the qualifying round will start. And then there's actually exhibition yeah. games on uh, July 29th. So that's like 11 days away. And they play the Blues, which that'll be fun. Blue uh, Star. Yeah. Can we get see if they injure another one of our players? Yeah. yeah. And like... Or, like, there's been a lot of, uh, what is it, unfit to play. And it's there's one in particular that's really concerning. Actually, two. Um, Corey Crawford. Yeah. Corey Crawford hasn't even played, or, like, he hasn't even been there at all, I don't think. And no, I have. Murphy. Yeah, and same Where's no. Zach Smith? We need... <laughs> Where's Andrew Shaw and Zach Smith? We need these great Canadian players. Yeah, <laughs> but. No Corey Crawford, no Connor Murphy. Arguably, they're two like best like players for helping out with defense. Yeah, the puck out of the net. And yeah. same with Calvin DeHaan. At least I think Calvin Brutal. DeHaan was gone for like a family family, family reason. But like Corey Crawford, Connor Murphy, we have no idea. And yeah. that's 
that's the thing that kind of sucks is that we we have no idea it could be because of covid reasons or like just really anything else but i have no idea what to expect but all i can say is if there's no crawford for that oiler series they have no chance and same with even like yeah and like even with connor murphy out like that's just another top four guy yeah i mean you look you look at it like just from the statistic point of view uh the Hawks giving up the most high danger chances in the league. So losing out a guy like Murphy, who's yeah. a top four guy, really good in his own end. I mean, you just you can't really afford to, to lose a guy like that or yeah. DeHaan for that matter. I think like, I'd say that they're two, honestly, they're two best defensemen defensively. Like I, I'd yeah. say that like without DeHaan Murphy. Oh, yeah, probably. So. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so Mata actually has decent stats in his own end. Like he's a good defender. It's just that he's slow and always gets beat wide, which is not going to help against like McDavid. Oh boy, yeah. Wally said is that like he was talking to a a CTA on Twitter and he said, like you know they um their their underlying statistics. I guess not as much cuckoo lately. He's been a lot better. But uh, the thing with Mata is that he's so good. Like underlying statistics are so good, but he makes one. He's always he always has one. Really big bad gaff every game. Yeah, it's always yeah. one big gaff he has. It's like the fight. it's like the Jake Gardner moment. Does good, yeah. but like that's just one fuck up that ruins everything. <laughs> that's a well, Gardner comparison, man. Same exact thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what I forgot? Um, Jake Gardner's in Carolina. I dude, everybody's <laughs> in Carolina. <laughs> yeah. At least every yeah. defenseman. They have so many defensemen there. Why can't we have their decor? Yeah, no kidding. Eh? Dude, wait till they uh wait till um Fucking uh, free agency pulls around and they sign Alex Petrangelo. Oh, <laughs> oh my god! god. Yeah, yeah, baby, Dougie Hamilton, Alex Petrangelo. They have like and Jacob Slavin. That's like three Norse caliber defensemen right oh, there. Yeah, yeah. I could not to mention he, Brett Pesci, who's like yeah, one of the better so defensive underrated. defensemen. And God, they just have like a bunch of other players too. Flurry and oh my God, Carolina's so good. Even do something. I, I, I'm. Totally on the train that Flurry could go somewhere, and like if he had more playing time, he's a lot like uh, we were saying with um, who are we talking about? It's like a situation. How, well, how I feel that Nicholas Bodan. I mean, he's more so fit for the bottom six by or bottom pairings, but I, I feel like he's a guy who he he's either in your top four or your second pairing, or he's bust. Like I I can't see him being really a bottom pairing guy. And I feel like that's with Hayden Flurry too. The guy who because he's like, more he's more offensive minded. Yeah, that that's yeah. what his game's based around. I'm pretty sure we said only black. We're gonna do like Blackhawks content. <laughs> okay. We just okay, so we I completely just went say, off on a tangent to Carolina. Yeah. Um, I just want to talk so, okay. so, so we heard some news. We did hear some news about Crawford from Charlie Meliotis. Oh yeah, about, right. talking about how he might amazing, he sure. could be back early next week if if everything goes right. Oh, so, I didn't even know that. I didn't so hear if that. Everything, so when I he says if that, everything, about it. Yeah. when he says if everything goes right, I mean, are we assuming he tested positive? Like, I, I just yeah, don't know. I think it's, so. We're yeah. so in the dark on it, but we do know that it's a 14-day quarantine. So, yeah, yeah. And 14 days that goes right up to August 1st if that's when it started, like as of now. And then that that makes you wonder. So say he comes back Monday or Tuesday. Does he have enough time where he can get into playoff mode and like with a goalie? I mean, they need to see pucks to get warm. Like their timing is everything. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah. I think I think that exhibition game against St. Louis is very important for that reason. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest. I don't think he yeah. I've worried about that now that you mentioned that I But mm, but I will say, I will say Crawford, I mean, he's missed long periods of time before, like way longer than this, and he usually bounces back. So yeah. if there's any guy that I'd expect to be able to bounce back, it'd be Crawford. That's all yeah. Corey Crawford ever does. He just bounces back. When even just when people are criticizing, he always finds a way. I I remember 2012. He sucked against Arizona. Next year, he wins the Stanley Cup and like just remember that that game four against Boston. Even though they won it, it was like that six to five crazy overtime win. And like just every shot went in glove side. And it's like yeah. Crawford can't get it done, even though they won the game and the series is tied. The next two games, they yeah. let in three goals in two games and they won the cup. 2014, he had a pretty average year, I'd say, but then he bounces back 2015. And even in 2015, like, he lost his starting job to Nashville. And, like, as, like, any other goalie, like, might have trouble bouncing back from that, losing the start job. But, no, he takes it back, and then he goes on and wins the cough. Like, he always has an answer. Yeah, Yeah, he always has an answer. And so then also we have, so with Murphy now, who's in, well, now in a similar boat, how yeah. long has it been? Two, he's missed two skates now? Yeah, two skates. So I think I heard uh, on the NBC Sports Chicago podcast a couple days ago, they were talking about it and they're wondering, like, how long do you think, uh, how long do you think we wait to see, like, or to, that would make us wonder if Murphy has uh, COVID? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, like, I, I feel like Pierce should know more about this. Um, like, like, you know, the actual, uh, amount of days that it would take for us to find out about this, but yeah, I, I'm just going to say, I've, I mean, what, oh, wait, but you know what, Mata, the one thing I wonder is with Mata, he was unfit to play and he was back in the uh, day. Yeah. But yeah. And that's why I say like, if, if Murphy misses like three, four days, oh yeah. Yeah. You're thinking, well, now he's into his 14 day quarantine or like he's tested positive, which is not good at all. That's, that's brutal. What's the thing, like, unfit to play? Like, it's just so... Could be like, a hangnail to anything from a hangnail to, I know. to a concussion or COVID. I mean, it's you're just so in the dark yeah. with this terminology. The thing with Crawford, I don't know if this is the case or not. Again, it's just speculation, but I know Quebec has been hit hard by COVID. I think it's, like, the mostly uh, COVID-ridden province in Canada or that or Ontario, one of them. But... Uh, I'm just wondering if he's like has to stay quarantined there. I have no idea. This is just pure speculation, but I wonder if that's like it's really nerve wracking. Nerve wracking stuff. No. Yeah. Honestly, like even if even if Crawford can't play, you just hope he's okay because he has a wife and a child, and especially at that age, you just hope he's good no matter what. It it just yeah, it just it just rings alarm bells for Hawks fans, doesn't it? Because like we've we've been through this with Crawford before, like with the concussions. And it's like it's like we're think we're all thinking about the plan, but I mean, you can't help but wonder. Like it's just like you don't want it to be something long term because we know this has happened with Crawford before. Yeah, That's there was a- something I want to bring it up to. Um, so I was listening to the Thirty One Thoughts podcast, and Jimmy, you and I, when we we I think it was a couple of podcasts ago, we were at, we got asked the question: Who would uh, most likely on the Blackhawks would like? potentially stay out or whatever and not play in the qualifying round. And we said Jonathan Tate's because he's one of the more like progressive yeah. like 
like players in the NHL. And guess what? I'm listening to the 31 Thoughts podcast, and Elliot Freeman said that Jonathan Taves was like one of the players in the negotiations where it's like he's questioning everything. It's not like he was necessarily going like, uh, no, we shouldn't do this, but he was kind of questioning. It's like, is this safe? Blah, 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 blah. And yeah, yeah. honestly, it's not surprising at all. No. And, that's that's yeah. really awesome to hear. Honestly, it's – I just – I don't know. I feel like taking a second to say I just I, – I love my captain, man. That's awesome. Yeah. He's very – yeah, uh, I'd agree. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so with Taves, he's very um, – okay. uh, he's good with his words. Like he, he knows he knows the right thing to say. And we saw – like we saw it on social media. Uh, I think like on his Instagram a few posts ago. Yeah. He just wrote yeah, the Black Lives Matter. Yeah. yeah, and and it's just like yeah, that's good for him. Yeah, genuinely, like just it's it's nice to see a guy who you can feel is like genuine about what he says takes the time to, especially in the sport. I I don't know. I feel like we talk about every episode something with him, but uh, it's just all I don't know. It's it's great to see that, uh, especially in hockey, there's someone that's that openly progressive we've seen Braden Holpe going to the pride parades openly not showing up when uh to the white house with trump being there and you can compare it to tim thomas all you want let's admit it's not the same that's thing. a whole another kind of yeah, thing. Thing, man. I, he gets such a bad rap and Holpe, it, it makes you appreciate the guy I, I compare it uh stuff like this a lot to basketball in the sense that you with those guys it's not just it's not just what they're standing for it's not just that what they stand for i agree with it's that they they're genuinely showing their personality and i like with basketball i know i know who paul george is who chris paul is who steph curry is i know who all of them are because their personalities out there so I don't they, know. I think it's great. They exceed pop culture like they're they're like part of pop culture right and it's like taves you know they might not taves and hopefully they might not be at that that uh that level yet or maybe ever Taves sort of um is you know with Taves and Kane being in names out there but but it's nice to see them being who they are and to be genuinely progressive in this league it's really and nice to speak out right I, yeah. yeah I think because I think the NHL needs to follow the NBA like with their players I feel like they're all just or a lot of them just are it's really good league, speaking man. out it's an owner's league yeah with Batman yeah the helmets it's, you know, I, I just feel like the players are more like uh they more freely speak out like that they're more who they are man yeah like yeah. adam silver gets his fucking players man he gets it he respects the players he respects the owners and like commissioners in every league should be able to do that but yeah. obviously that's more that hockey culture plays into that too so that's a whole thing yeah um, it's yeah but i guess it's just nice to see uh someone speaking up that's uh not saying Fuck you, their fans like Tony D'Angelo has been the last <laughs> month. God, that guy is just sufferable. <laughs> Brendan Lemieux as well, I think. Yeah, yeah. I really, I, I don't care about their political views like I do, but I, I'm not even worried about that. It's more just like that. They don't, they don't like that. Oh well, you know, I, I can't hear you. And then like, shut the fuck up, man. Like, please, please take into account what your fans think, man. Like, these are the people who cheer you on every night, or don't because you basically give them the middle finger on Twitter. Yeah. Go off, Jimmy. Damn. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> you go, girl. Whatever. But uh, I guess, uh, is there anything you guys want to get to uh, aside from uh, any of the, well, we mentioned the uh, unfit to play mm-hmm. and all that. Good news. Uh, Kirby Doc looked good. Kirby oh, yeah. Doc looked fucking good, man. He oh. looks bigger, stronger, faster. I mean, 
just mm-hmm. putting on the dangles and in the, in all the practices and today in the scrimmage. Yeah, I think he did a beautiful move. I think Seabrook's eye, the one uh, he's been living with, and he just completely embarrassed him. (laughs) That's another thing. Brent Seabrook's skating, like, he had two hip, like, two hip surgeries or something like that. I don't know the exact, like, three. It was three. Yeah, it was was like two hips, and like, uh, there was one other. I think it was three surgeries. It was his back. Was his back? Yeah, I I think so. I know. I'm pretty sure there was three. And yeah, what's going great. on right now? Like, honestly, the good for him that he's out there skating and he doesn't look like too terrible. No, he didn't. Honestly, he didn't look awful. Like, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't go and say he looked great or anything, but he, maybe I did just say he's looked great. I don't know, but he looked great for his situation. I he see. didn't look, he didn't look out of place. At least I don't think he did. And then you see like uh, Kane and Taves saying in the media that, or through the media, I should say, mm-hmm. that like just. It's it's just the way the guy is. He's he's all he always puts he's the team first. Yeah, he puts the team first always, and that's just always how he's been. And I think that's very good for the guys to see someone like that who his timeline for return was like well before COVID, the next training camp to start the next season. Yeah. So to see him return is it's awesome. Yeah, it was supposed to be like well I guess this is sort of same with the Han. I guess it's DeHaan, like him and Dahan. Oh, sorry, shit. No, no, I was just gonna say him and Dahan were like in the same boat with their timeline. It's like six months or so, six to eight months. Yeah, and so. sounds like the only reason we're not seeing Dahan again is just family. So yeah, I yeah. forget Ebrook was. It was supposed to be like into next year, and we're not even like forget COVID. We're not really. We're not at October yet, and he's already on the ice. And you sure hope it's not because he's rushing himself. But no, he. I mean, take it to face value. He looks great out there. Uh, for and, all, and also, uh, Dehan had been skating in phase two as well through June. That was that which was is, which is not what Seabrook was doing. Seabrook, this is his first like, this is like his first, uh, um, what's it called? His first skates. Yeah. He did. He wasn't skating before uh, phase three. Yeah. And, and to uh, you mentioned uh, Taves and Kane talking uh, through the media. Um, I believe Patrick Kane had said I I was on Facebook uh, because I'm a boomer now. Um, and uh, oh my god, you boomer! <laughs> um, and this is I know that of course players you know they're gonna support their teammates and whatnot of course, but I I thought this was really big praise, especially from Kane as he said that he believes Kirby Doc has um I kind of paraphrasing, but he, he said something along the lines of uh, Kirby Doc has all the tools to be a top player in the league. I'm pretty sure he said that about Alex Nylander, too. He did he? Yeah, yeah, he he's did. Not, he's not, you know what, honestly, not wrong. So maybe uh, maybe he does kind of throw that more out more than I think. But, um, I mean, I, I wouldn't say he's wrong uh, with Nylander definitely having the tools to do it. I think with, with Doc, I, it makes me... It makes me much more excited because we've seen Doc take those steps right away. He, he seems to be... Uh, like night in night out, he's just getting better and better, and especially near the end of the season, he just looks like he's grown. And seeing him out there now, and it's just a scrimmage, sure, but he really stood out against uh, everybody else. You mentioned he had that one move against Seabrook where he just completely turned him inside out, or I shouldn't say inside out, but turned him around. Turned and, uh, him. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so no, you you definitely see he's uh, he's making those strides already. Um, Charlie Romeliotis was saying this. Um, Friend of the podcast, Charlie Romeliotis. Yeah, best friend, friend actually. Yeah. yeah, best friend of the podcast. He was on here twice, so you know yeah. definitely uh, 
<laughs> maybe more than a friend who knows i should ask him uh but um he was saying it i think you and i pierce are saying this in the podcast that it's for guys like boat fist and and doc this is well for boat fist e plus three but this is this is a new season for these guys you're seeing doc's um draft plus two year you're seeing his sophomore year and um he's he was in a position where he didn't have this great year and he's gonna have most likely a sophomore slump this is this will be bleeding into his first full year, so um, it's really it's uh, it's really exciting to see what this guy is going to do, especially after how he looked today. Um, how what do you think about Vinny? I know, I know, I know. Charlie also said something about uh, for for a guy that's gotten drafted in the off season, it's there's not a lot of time to yourself to work out and like get bigger and stronger. You yeah. got like you got you get drafted and then. Uh, you got the Traverse City tournament and, and stuff oh, in between. Yeah. So now it's no surprise that Doc looks bigger and stronger because since the break, since crazy. the break, he's got all this time. He's had all this time to work out and get faster, bigger, and stronger. So yeah, that, that was an interesting point. Yeah, it's another thing. Like he had training camp last summer, like the Blackhawks training camp, of course, with Traverse City, and then also he had like a concussion too, which kind of stunts his development. But like also like yeah, he took all that time off to. Like to like to get more stronger and all that and and to refresh yeah. his mind right and just yeah be ready to go yeah it's just it was like it's been over a year since we drafted Doc and I remember just at the when we, at the moment we drafted him like oh why couldn't we go and buy him a Turk up but then yeah. I just really just watch right now <laughs> I know I'm really yeah I know but like I remember just thinking like. Well, at least Doc has high potential. At least they're taking a swing, and it looks like it's really paying off right now. And yeah. that's another reason, believe in the scouting. And in this particular case, it's Mark Kelly. And you just wonder, yeah. like, how, how good Doc's going to be. Like, everyone's been comparing him to, like, Ryan Getzlaff. And can he get to that level, like, point per game? Just this dominant He's... puck hog, like, in the case, like, you can't get the puck off him at all. And... A good kind of pop hog. I can't. I can't wait. I, say. I can't. I can't wait at all till Doc is like he he has a good height already. Like he's six three, six four. But imagine now when he gets to like two hundred twenty pounds. Yeah. Oh like, yeah, God. he's still growing. I think oh, he's at two hundred right now. I was talking it, with my buddy about that when he's like, guys have like big years now when they're twenty three, twenty four. To your point, Vinny. That year. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's got a lot of filling out to do, but I mean, yeah. once he get like once he gets to that size, he's gonna be dominant. Prime oh. Doc, oh my god, Prime like Kirby Doc could very well be the best player from that draft class. I mean, I Capocacco had a, like a terrible year. Like if you look at all the metrics, like he had the worst year of any player in that like, in the NHL, and Jack Hughes was just not good. And obviously, it's just one year, but like Kirby Doc yeah. could be right up there. Oh, that's <laughs> oh boy. Dude, I've I've been lucky with no background noise. So it's going to be catching up to me. Oh, also, oh, no dude. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Looking fresh with that Nike. Yeah. And then and then he it doesn't. You got show you got to show the shoes. He's wearing just sandals, straight sandals, no oh, socks. Yeah, wow, that's such a pimp move right there, man. <laughs> hey, you know, good Alberta kid, Saint Albert kid. Yeah. Such a power. Bop, 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 bop. Yeah. When I saw that, I I knew that I. Yeah, he was coming in a new player, a new man. <laughs> He's extended to his next level. 
I'm not even on my final form yet. All right. Do you guys want to preview some uh, playing series, like the qualifying series? Absolutely, yeah. I like how yeah, we just sure. completely went against uh, our, uh, like, I guess, a, a policy of just talking Blackhawks, but whatever. Well, we, um, we did talk a lot of Hawks. That's true. Um, do you guys want to do one or two series? Uh, have you have we done anything in, in the East? No, we haven't. And that's what I was going to say. Do you want to do two well, Eastern yeah, series? Okay. Well, I think we should do, uh, I mean, I don't know, I'm... I'm all right with whatever. Throw one out right. there, play it by ear, you know, see how much we talk about so, it. Okay, hold on. I'll, I'll start. So Columbus and Toronto, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. What, what, do, what do we think about that? Okay, and on the, we're gonna do, the other series we're going to do is Rangers and Hurricanes because I, I think that one's really intriguing. Let's go. Love that series, dude. That's what we're right. talking about. So do you want to start Columbus-Toronto then? Uh, Vinny, um, what did you or Vinny have to say about Columbus and Toronto, honestly? Well, I honestly, guys, you on the spot. Actually, is <laughs> uh, so Columbus. Well, we saw what they did last year, mm. and I think it's a very, it's a very similar situation where it's just a team that's built for the playoffs, and it doesn't matter who gets injured. It's next. It's the next man up mentality, and I think they can really take it to Toronto. I'll tell you yeah. that. Um, I mean, I think I, I can. I think it'll go five games, and okay. I definitely agree I, with that. Mm-hmm. And they're well coached as well with Tortorella. Yeah, he's on a great. He's job. got them. He's got them in the right system, and I think, really, I mean, I know this is, this sounds uh, very familiar with a lot of people, but the Leafs are soft, <laughs> especially compared to Columbus. And I think hey, no, I got that sweet William. Yeah, yeah I, well, I, mean, I know. It. <laughs> I was, I was waiting. For it. There we it go. Is, it is <laughs> ironic, but um, I think if Columbus can just play that chippy style, I think they'll they'll wear down the Leafs, and I think they can beat them in five games. Yeah, that's yeah. my hot take. That's my hot take for the playoffs, I guess. Yeah, I don't think it's a hot take. I, um, you know, it's funny because in a league where the, where everything's getting faster, uh, you think a team like Toronto would be an easy bet to take these guys out, but. You know, it's playoff hockey. It's different, and I mean, sure, you can win. You can win with this new style—the speed, skill, all that. You can win with that for sure. Playoffs is a different for element. years, but like you said, it's and it's not that the Leafs need a fighter or something like that. It's that they just are—they're just a soft team, and they're not just a soft team physically. They're a soft team mentally. They haven't had that playoff victory yet. They're like you don't—you don't cough up leads. And have a you aren't known for coughing up leads because you're a strong team mentally. It's either because your team's bad or because you are a team that just is not there mentally all the time. That isn't Agile. distant. Yeah, and we've seen that with the Leafs throughout this year. They've just been. I mean, I mean, I watch them as much as I can. I mean, I watch a lot of Steve Dangle things. I'm sure that he, I, uh, uh, and well, highlights of course. I'm sure that he, I, uh, dramatizes it a little bit, but. You see this team is just, they're so, they don't know what they are. They really don't know what they are. And Columbus, who are you? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I don't. Columbus knows who they are. Yeah. Tortorella knows who he is. Tortorella makes sure his team, like, and you can disagree or agree with uh, Tortorella and his coaching style. I don't agree with him all the time. Yeah. Hell of a coach. He knows what he wants out of his team. And you know what? He gets it. He gets it out of his team. So, you know what? I, Hate saying this because I do like the Maple Leafs. I love Austin, my boy Austin Matthews, but I'm going to take Columbus in five. 
Uh, I don't feel like it's a hot take. I just think that they match up well, and I think Tortorella's just – I think it's a perfect situation for him against a rookie coach and a team that just hasn't found themselves yet. Yeah, well, Columbus, on all accounts, they lost uh, Artemi Panarin, who was nominated for Ted Lindsay and probably will get nom- nominated for the heart. They lost him. They lost Bobrovsky, who's like a two-time Vesna winner. They lost him to free agency, even though he's gone on to do shit in Florida. But like, when you lose those two cornerstone players, you expect your team to just like fall off the face of the earth. And hey, John Tortorella did like the exact opposite Matt of that. Duchesne? Matt Duchesne had left too. Yeah, Matt Duchesne too. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, too. That's like, like that's they lost everybody. They office. lost so many key players, and not just like. Like top six players, like the like Artemi Panarin again. Like he's a heart caliber player, and Bobrovsky when he's on top of his game, he's a he's a Vesna Vesna caliber goalie. And again, you just expect a team to when you lose that amount of talent, just to fall off the face of the earth. But well, no, that's not the again, yeah, that's not the case. John Tortorella, I would say, argue that he's probably the best coach in the NHL, just because not only did they lose all those players, but they had so many injuries too. Like Seth Jones, Zach Berwinski were out. Um, they had two like young goalies get in there, but they managed to put up great numbers. And again, like just like they again, they know who they are. Like. They play that hard. They play that hard game. They play that one-two-two. And Toronto, you just you don't know what you're gonna get, and that's kind of hard with when you're in the playoffs when you don't know what you're gonna get on a night-to-night basis. That doesn't help Columbus. You know exactly what you're getting. They're gonna work their asses off, and they're gonna they're gonna play that one-two-two. And Toronto, you just don't know what you're gonna get. But and you also wonder with Toronto, they've lost in the first round to Boston. They haven't made it past the hump. Like, just when are they going to get it done? I always remember it was, like, with Washington, when are they going to get it done? And I'm never going to, like, like choose them to win until I actually see it. So yeah. I'm going to agree with you guys. I think I'm going to take Columbus in five. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close series, but I think Columbus is going to grind it out. And it won't surprise me if Toronto win. I think it's going to go five games either way. But, like, I just need yeah. to see Toronto win. Like, I need to see it to believe it kind of thing. And I know, I know this is cliche, but you talk about you need your guys to buy in, right? Buy into the systems. And as an outsider, I'll say uh, John Tortorella just seems like the type of coach that you want to work hard for, yeah. that you want to win for. Yeah. That just a guy that you know tells you how it is, and you just want to work hard for him, and you want to win for him. So He's like yeah. a, you know, love him or hate him, he's spitting straight facts. The thing with John Tortorella, it's like he kind of like he would go team to team like Tampa Bay. He won his cup there, but then you just like see all the like behind the scenes things like where he'd get mad. Do you remember like the? Yeah, this is way back, but like I think his goalie let in like uh, like four goals on sixty shots, and he's like, I'm tired of the twenty five percent rule or whatever. And then he goes to New York, and he's like, you know what I'm saying, Brooksy. Just, like, all of that. He always, like, seemed like a hothead. And then he had that disastrous Vancouver where he was there for one year. Oh, he went to, like, that, the that Flames locker room. That was yeah. brutal. That was just a bad – that was a bad situation for him to be in. Like, I mean, that team was awful. And he and, – and to be fair, though, he – yeah, he had some awful moments. That was – yeah, that was, I think, yeah. where everyone felt justified. Like, then it was after – I think it was right after that he has – um he is coaching the USA World Cup of Hockey, and he says something like, "He put Abdulkader. He wanted Abdulkader on the roster because he wants it more as much as anybody." It's like, yeah, I, I know he wants it, but there are players who will do more than him who want it. Just yeah. 
Yeah, and he, that's another thing with John Tortorella too. It's like you, you, they, Columbus hires him, and you expect him to do the same thing, like for him to blow up and like him just to leave within a year or two. But like he stayed there. He's helped like build that team, develop a culture there, and he's definitely like mellowed out. You definitely don't see him freaking out as much as he used to, like being a hothead. Yeah. But yeah, he, John Tortorella. We'll talk like, about Aaron shitting his pants, but you know he's uh. <laughs> no, I'll take that. He was asked. Uh, uh, it might have been like yesterday. Like uh, oh, <laughs> in yeah, his interview, yeah, he's like, "What do you? What do you say? What was the question?" It was like, "It's like, um, do you care if players swear on the ice? Something like that." I don't yeah, think it, will the mics? Like, are you? Like, that, yeah. like, what do you? Th- yeah, it was like, "What do you think about the mics catching the players? Uh, what the players say on the ice?" And he's like. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't give a shit. <laughs> like, <he's just> like, <laughs> I don't. I don't give a shit. That's all he said. And uh, that's another thing we can get into. John Tortorella was actually announced uh, um, a Jack Adams uh, finalist, and honestly, I think he should yeah, win it. Everything today, man. Jeez. Uh, who were the other finalists for uh, Jack Adams? It was. Uh, Bruce Cassidy of Boston and then Elaine Vigneault in Philadelphia. In my opinion, it should have been Mike Sullivan over uh, Bruce Cassidy because Pittsburgh had so many injuries and they. Yeah. I, what's uh, that that tweet? It's like Pittsburgh will have uh, Genny Malkin and then they'll have like Mark Donk and Buzz Flibbert or whatever. That tweet. <laughs> yeah, they just that's just what Pittsburgh does to a uh, playoff contract. So hopefully when Pittsburgh uh, gets an injury. Is make his uh, mark out there. <laughs> it's like <laughs> they've got everybody. Like they, they just, again, we, we joke about it, but it's true. Pittsburgh pulls out some bum or not. Apparently, yeah, apparently he's not a bum. You think he's a bum yeah. guy. And then he comes out and he scores 20 goals with Evgeny Malkin or whoever. Yeah. Right. He comes to the lead player like Connor Sherry. Exactly. Yes. Like I, when I, whenever I see Pittsburgh, like sign a player, some of them who I I don't I have no idea who the guy is. I'm just like, well, he's probably going to be good because yeah. that's just Pittsburgh for you. There's an analogy. Um, this is very this is very me to say this. Um, it was Steve Dangle uh, said this like back in 2016 or 2015. I think he even said it before they won their cup in 2016, where he said they're like Wolverine. You you break off their arm, it just whoops right back. Yeah. They don't die. They always come back. They just put on another limb. Let's put on, you know, Pierre Scott Belmar or whatever. Pierre Scott Belmar. I literally just said an NHL player's name except for one name. Yeah, but they just put some guy, you know, some Joe Smith. And I'm sorry, Joe Smith, if you're listening to this podcast. I'm sure you're good at hockey. But they slap him on Crosby's wing and he gets 15 goals, <clears throat> has his role. And, and, and how about how about John Marino? <laughs> John Marino. Oh my God! Underrated man. So- I mean, like, what? He was a. I know he was a draft pick, but what round? I think he was like a sixth round pick or something. Like, you know, <laughs> like dude, like, are you serious, man? John like, Marino, and he's a good. He's not just like he's good. Guy. Like, he's good. Drafted that's... by the Oilers, 154th overall in 2015. Oh my God! Are you sure it's not Tom Holland if he chose a different career path? Holy shit! <clears throat> <laughs> but uh, there's another guy like it straight to our point like just comes out of nowhere i make the and argument he's... if john moreno was on the blackhawks he'd be their best defenseman well he what, wasn't he pittsburgh's wasn't he pittsburgh's like one of their like I, I i swear people were saying like i don't know if it was penguins fans but they were saying he's been like for a stretch of the season he was their best defenseman yeah i don't doubt for a good portion of it 
outside option or outside chance that the uh, people thought it getting a Calder nomination if he had kept that play up and if Kubelik hadn't, you know, gone off the way he did. Yeah. He was Edmonton. He was drafted by Edmonton in the sixth round. I don't think Edmonton, Edmonton necessarily needs him, but I mean, that's a great piece to have. Shit. Fuck, I'd love him in Chicago for a sixth oh. round pick or whatever they traded for him. The mosquitoes are out in full form now. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah. Just I wore I wore track pants and like a and a and a hoodie to try and cover my skin, but they're coming for my face now. Wait, what's the temperature so, out by you, uh, Vinny? Uh, well, it's cooler now because it's it's night. You gotta do that. You gotta do that. Uh, Hold on, I'll I'll, I'll bring yeah I'll I'll, I'll, uh, I'll bring up the weather network right now. It's really just raining for, right just now. Just for you guys. And it's 18 degrees, which Hello? in America would equal. Let's Why is it showing me Ottawa? Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, I mean, Jimmy, it's 61 degrees Fahrenheit right now. It's for what for you, uh, Pierce? It's 64 degrees Fahrenheit. Ready? It says, it says 21 degrees, but I don't know if that's that's Celsius. I'm sure. Yeah. Then, yeah. Uh, I would kill for that right now. It is like hot, humid, and all that. But uh, I'm getting off topic. Oh my god. <laughs> no, we're talking about the weather. Honestly, this this is not a podcast. It's just a bunch of tangents slapped together. <laughs> I mean, that's All. what a podcast is supposed to be, is it not? You know what? You're right. You got yeah, but holy shit, man! Well, we're, how do we get to here? How do we get to here? How do we well, know I, I was talking about the mosquitoes coming to kill yeah. me, <laughs> and then and then Jimmy asked how hot it is, so. I need I need to know how much better it is than America right now because you guys are probably like, literally just like better yeah. at everything than us right now. I appreciate that. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> so we're all in agreement. Columbus in five games. Yeah. Okay. That's like it's honestly becoming more of like a common pick. Honestly, I just don't. Just, it's just because of what Columbus did last year. All right, and it's series. I'm yeah, really yeah. by the series, the Rangers and uh, Hurricanes. Ooh, this yeah, is okay. a good one. Oh my god! So, Whew. just like coming straight into the season, looking at the records and all that, like Carolina should win easily. No, but like the uh, thing is with the New York, no, the New York no, Rangers. Like, the thing with the New York Rangers is Lungfist. I don't know if they're gonna start Lungfist, but Lungfist has like an absurd record against the the Hurricanes. Like he's so good when he plays against them. So. I don't know if they start them, but yeah, I think the Rangers are going to make close Panarin. Like, looking at the Rangers from perspective, they have, like, really nothing to lose. Whereas Carolina, I don't think they wanted to be in position. They actually, they were one of the two teams that voted against it, the other being actually the Blackhawks. Um, so they kind of got, they got, like, drawn, like, a like a tough match here. And I think this is going to be a very close series. Um, of course, from the Rangers' perspective, we mentioned Lungfist. It's going to be interesting to see who starts. Um they got some nice uh, defensemen on the back end that can move the puck like Adam Fox, who I very well could have been uh, nominated for the Calder too, not, not, not to take anything from Kubelik, but personally I would have had him in there, honestly, just because he was that good. They also have Tony D'Angelo, no matter what you think about him, he's good. Like, very he's good. a bit offensively. And then you just look at their forwards, Panarin and Zibanejad, it's just crazy. Like, them alone could, like, steal a series. Game breakers. Yeah, yeah that, that's the perfect word for them. And in Carolina, like, they have a crazy depth on defense. 
Uh, I don't know about their goal time, but I think yeah, their defense can definitely make up for it and their forwards like Ajo, Teravine, and, and all that. But I think it's going to be a close series. I still think Carolina wins in five games, but the Rangers are definitely going to make it close and interesting, in my opinion. I think uh, well, I was going to say is – oh, oh shit. <laughs> you want to go, Vinny? Um, well, no, I think I think Carolina's going to win too. I know, I know New York – like I know New York won went went four and zero against them in the regular season, right? Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, I yeah, know they but always done well against them, but I didn't swept they, them. Yeah, they they went four and zero against them, and that's, that's kind of the meme that was going around with Rangers and uh, Canes fans. I think I still think though Carolina. I remember last year I was they were the team I watched, and I I really enjoyed that run, and I predicted them to go uh, as far as they did actually, believe it or not. Oh, wow. um, uh, so I. I I really like them, and I think they'll beat the Rangers in four. I, man, I I was actually I'm I'm debating whether I say Canes in four or five, but I definitely think the Canes are going to win it. But it's not going to be like there's no way it's a sweep. Absolutely no way. I think they could yeah. be a sweep. I I'm leaning more towards four, just because this Rangers team isn't playoff tested. Um, they I they really seem in. It's so weird because uh, I believe David Quinn is the uh, head coach of the Rangers. Yeah. I, I don't know why. I just forget he exists sometimes. And I know Rangers fans, he has a lot of issues with how he utilizes his players. Um, and, you know, you can uh, go on all day about that. I probably agree. But he seems to have gotten his team together a bit, at least near the end of the stretch. And uh, so, I mean, give him credit for that. And I – do think that matters a lot for that Rangers team, but I just don't see it as I don't know. I just like yeah, they they're kind of finding it out, but a lot of teams find it out late in the year. Um, I know the Flyers were a team I think of that did it back in I think 2016. The Senators did it back in 2015. You know, teams get those they have those streaks, and I think that they. Uh, I'm not saying that they are, you know, uh, pretenders for the future, but I do think that they're not there just yet. Um, I say Carolina in five, but like you said, Pierce, really, there's nothing to lose for the for the Rangers. It's just playoff. The thing is, with the Rangers, no matter what happens, like they're on the right track. Like how they've been yeah, drafting all the trades they made. Like they're, they're up and coming. No matter what happens, like they're playing with house money right now. Like, the playoff no happens. So here's hold on. I just want to. So I want to see what you guys think about this, and I'm sure uh, you guys might know. But anyways, uh, the Rangers. Can win the cup and get Lafreniere. Oh yes, I saw they that. have That's Carolina. They have Carolina's pick. So if they, dude, those those Rangers fans right now, they need if they can beat Carolina, they have Carolina's pick. So they oh continue on I'm the playoffs. The now. I'm cheering for the Rangers. And yeah, okay, like, no, 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 just fuck it, Rangers in three. Just, <laughs> um, yeah, let's go. Thought I point that out because that is crazy. That's. I completely forgot about that. Yeah, no, I think yeah, it's like that. That even more so. They have nothing to lose, dude. They win and they get they get to be in the lottery. They win, they get to be in the lottery, dude. Like they have nothing to lose, man. It's lose just or win, they're going more to the lottery. Experience for this team against a yeah. team that's going to be playing in playoff mode. A team that's been in the playoffs lately, so it's like it's found money for that team. It's perfect. And also, I think. Um, oh, do you have something to say? No, no, no. no continue. I'll, I'll say okay. something after. Oh, okay, okay. Um, but I was going to say, uh, you mentioned that, Pierce, that uh, uh, the Hawks and the Rangers had voted against this uh, quarantine. No, it's the Hurricanes and the 
Hawks. Oh, the Hurricanes yeah. and the Hawks. Yeah. Okay. But I I heard the Habs. Uh, just kind of interesting fact. I heard in the uh, um, on the SDP. I think it was from Chris Johnson, or maybe it was just straight up from uh, one of the members. Is that um, apparently the Montreal Canadiens like they were very against uh, the season starting again uh, because of the fact that they had sold off a lot of players and they were very much planning on it being like uh, sort of a tank the rest of the year. And then these teams tank get for left dragged, Yeah. And then they get dragged right back in. And uh, it's kind of funny how that, that works. That's the thing with like a team like Montreal. Do you wonder like how much their hearts are going to be in it really? That's yeah. I wasn't sure if I should mention that, but yeah, I wondered that too. Like, are they really like, you know, are these players looking at like, they really want to win this round. Like and, and you can't blame them because they it's not to say that they're uh, really. What's their incentive to win? Like, I know they're well, going to the This has been a topic of discussion, but I yeah. realistically, players, players, and coaches don't tank. No, yeah. like I mean, if you go, like no, I know, don't. I think Charlie or someone on the podcast uh, mentioned that if you like, or no, I think yeah, no, that's who it was. It was Brian Burke on Tim and Sid. He on said, our podcast, yeah, Brian Burke. He said, <laughs> if he said, or if you went into the Hawks dressing room and asked Taves if if they should tank for a nineteen year old, he'd punch you in the, the face. face. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no. He said punch. So no. players and coaches don't tank. It you tank at a higher level in the organization. So like the GM level where they can construct the roster. Right. But that's not where the players and coaches are at because if you think about it, I know, I know. I know it's Lafreniere, but yeah, no um, players don't want it. I'll never argue that. The, yeah, the the players aren't going to want to tank, or aren't going to want to lose for a teenager yeah. that can possibly take their job. I don't right? think any athlete um, really ever tanks, uh, but I do. I just wonder if, like, in the back of their mind, you know what I mean? You don't have that drive usually when the playoffs. That's what I wonder. If they're if they're down two nothing, well, it's a different story. Like, I right, mean, right, right. Like, you're probably. It's yeah. like you, I mean, you want to win. There's that athlete's drive in you. You know, I mean, like the heart of a lion, as uh, Duncan Keith would put it. But Carey Price uh, will steal the single-handedly steal the series against the the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do you guys think about that? Just out of curiosity, a bit here. What do you guys think about Carey Price in this series? Overrated, but very yeah. I don't think he can steal a series, but yeah, never know. Right. It's right. just Pittsburgh is way too damn good, man. And I don't yeah, no. like with Gensel back. Like, I mean, I know Pittsburgh, Smith, you dude, and Brian Johnson and my my uh, my neighbor, Terry, actually just told me he got a contract yesterday to play on Crosby's wings. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Mark Donk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Pittsburgh, like they're just a team. Like, do you think Crosby's gonna want to deliberately tank? They're gonna be at a hundred percent. No, no, the no. Canadians. I'm more looking at the team, like, like the Canadian. I just look at, I almost look at the Canadians specifically because they're like the one team, like the Hawks. I feel like they, they at least have somewhat of a chance. I don't think the Habs do. Well, they've been ragged on the last three years. Like they're they've won three cups. Like there's that, you know, that that pride to them, that that and, image. And the Habs are just like they're still trying to figure it out, like getting to the playoffs. And then you just get ragged in and thrown <laughs> to the the monster known as the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Like it's just the worst case scenario. And then also oh, oh go ahead. Also with, with Kane Taves and Keith and Seabrook and Crawford, they haven't been in the playoffs the last three seasons. So I mean they want they're, they're extra driven, I bet yeah. right now. Like 
like those players want that. Like I'm not saying yeah. the Habs players are like I'm not yeah. saying the players are like pissed off all the way, but I'm sure they're like a little like it throws you off a bit. Even yeah. when the Hawks were, you know, like it seems like the Hawks or I shouldn't say the Hawks, but Sam Bowman never really committed to a tank. Right. Yeah. It was always a bit uh in limbo and so that team was just always it was almost like they were in a playoff push through the it's, entire year. It's a retool for, more so than a rebuild. Right. Because your 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 main guys, you can't you can't really you can't trade them because right. no movement clauses and right. stuff like that. And Kane's still Kane Taves is still yeah. solid. Right. Like yeah. it's just, that's what they are. But the Canadians like that team is rebuilding. Yeah, they're they're in a position to rebuild. Yeah. It's such yeah. a God, it's such a weird situation. It's the only. It it's is. It really is the it only is one. Because yeah. I know, I know, we all like realistically know. Look, it's the Stanley Cup. You want to win it, but you yeah. just wonder, like, is it in the back of their minds? Like, it's. No, yeah. is that is that little playoff push there? And you and can you really blame them if it isn't, man? They they kind of got drafted by this. They're the one team that I really feel like didn't want this completely. Maybe the teams like the Hawks didn't agree with it, but you know, I'm yeah. sure they wouldn't mind in the revenue. Yeah. Shit. Let's let's get into that. Why do you guys think the Hawks voted no? Um, yeah, actually, interesting. Because I, I, my first impression was that I don't think it's because they wanted the draft pick. Like it just uh, that wasn't decided what, yet, was it? Yeah. No. Wait. When did the voting happen exactly? No. Yeah, yeah, it did. yeah, yeah. I yeah. think it was after the the yeah, draft lottery. It was. It was. But I don't think they're trying to hide I, the fact that Batman. I just don't it. think. I don't think I don't think it really would make I don't know I mean I don't think it would make sense. I think but... Jonathan Taze had a lot to do with it, honestly. <laughs> I mean, again, like we mentioned earlier, like he was like a heart, like he was annoying at the meetings, like he was being like he was annoying, <laughs> like he was being annoying to like like he was being helpful to his like his NHLP side, but like to the like all the owners and all the people oh, that are trying to negotiate, like he was being a hard ass and like just asking all these questions, but like. Expect okay. that out of Jonathan Taves. I don't know the exact reason why they they voted against. Oh, I'm actually pretty wonder, sure they like, on the Steve Dangle podcast. I just can't remember the reason, but <sighs> I don't know. Well, I mean, what could there be? Like, no. Yeah. I, I think they have a. They definitely. Of course, we already brought up that. I think they have a very good shot against the Oilers. It's just yeah. I don't know. Yeah. No. It, it, you kind of wonder. I was that. That was interesting. It raised question marks in my head when I saw that. I think it was Chris Johnston who I saw it from. Yeah, you know, just just saying like that the, it was the Hawks and the Canes. I was like, huh? Were they the only two teams? Yeah, yeah. it was twenty nine to two. That's okay. That I didn't know it was just those two. Okay, so and then and then I said, Jonathan Taves runs the Hawks and the the dude the the memes that Rangers fans can make out of this that they they already were dude like the Hurricanes are scared. Well, not scared, but well, they have it in the back of their minds that they got that it was four zero. Yeah, I'm not. So there, there's no doubt. Completely why, but like it's, but it's so funny to say that. Like it's, oh my yeah. god, man, the memes write themselves. It's and the rivalries there too. So it's like Hawks and Blues fans. Oh, oh, nothing's like Hawks and Blues, but <laughs> yeah, I agree. I get you. And I think, I think if if the reason they voted no was because they wanted the draft pick. Why wouldn't like I I I swear there'd be like more teams that would vote no. Yeah, I don't think it's that. Yeah. Again, like you like you mentioned, the, there's players that are not like it's the players winning. They're not going to be like, oh yeah, let's just yeah, yeah not no, play so we can get a chance at Lafreniere. Yeah. Or yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, the Hawks players seem very 
Like they seem very happy to be on the ice and playing and all that. They don't seem like they're against this at all. At least yeah. they've looked good too. They've looked good apparently. Yeah. And you know Patrick Kane wants another shot. Like <laughs> yeah. when you think about Jonathan Tazel and like Duncan Keith having that heart like and desire to win too, and like Brent Seabrook, like Patrick Kane is right there too, like in terms of like being hungry to win. Yeah. Yeah. Oh well. Interesting uh interesting brain food there for and sure. I, I saw a thing about uh someone asked on Twitter, I think it was just like a random person, if Kane cared that he doesn't have a letter. And I kind of, I just replied, I don't know if he saw it. I just said, look, it doesn't matter if Kane has a letter or not. He's a leader on this team. Like I, He leads in his own it, way, man. Yeah. He's a leader no matter whether he has a letter or not. Yeah. So, I mean. That's a topic I never, yeah. I I, I feel like you, it's, it's something that comes up so much, but is always just such a, like, such a non-topic. Like, he's, he's a leader. Yeah. He doesn't no, I know. the way the Taves does, yeah. Not not top, it's a, but yeah. It's a it's a testament. Oh, it's backwards. <laughs> it's a that's a testament to uh, <laughs> that's a testament to how good the Hawks' leadership core is. Right, like he that, that Kane's not a cat. Like I mean, the, I'd be perfect. I don't know about you guys. I'd be perfectly comfortable with Kane, like even as captain. Like I think uh, he's he's, he's grown. Captain, but the A, I could throw the A. Yeah. Any yeah. of the five guys saw to see where to Kane anybody. I think it would be fair too because he's he's done a lot of growing up. Um yeah. uh like he's he's learned a lot and yeah, yeah, a lot he's had a lot of growing up to do. Yeah. And he's done like, that, I think yeah. for sure. Do you think Kane wears the captaincy at the Olympics in twenty twenty two? Yes. Oh yes. my god, who else yeah. would it be? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. I say that, but it's been Pavelski and, and Suter, I believe, and guys like Pavel- that. Kane, Honestly, Kane if the... Pavelski is still good at that point, that's not a bad bet. Yeah, Kane was that, yeah. Well, Kane was the captain at the Worlds, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. And all the, I know everybody was like, he finally gets the C he deserves. <laughs> that was great. All the American frat boys that I see on Twitter. No, I mean, I, I think, you know, I, I've definitely noticed, like, uh, the last few years, a couple seasons that Kane has uh, stepped up more in terms of in terms of the leadership side of things. So that's why I say that. I know it's kind of everyone's gonna have different opinions. There's a there's something. Um, I think it was Kirby Doc said this on Spit and Chicklets. He said uh, that um, Patrick Kane came up to him. Uh, I believe after he got drafted when he, he first met Doc. Yeah, and he puts his hand out and he says like, "Hey, what's up, man? I'm Kane." Kirby. <laughs> yeah, he's like, he's like, yeah, Kaner. Say, like, oh, yeah, hey, Kirby. <laughs> it's almost like Kane thing you, you could think just, of. Just think about, just think about that though. If you're Kirby Doc, and it's your, your, you, you grow up. I mean, he's at that age where, uh, or he was at that age when they were uh, going through the cup runs. Yeah. He was at an age where he's watching these guys, and now you're drafted by them, and you're meeting them for the first time. Yeah. And it's like, could you just imagine? I would man like, it, meeting I, those guys I, for the seeing those guys for the first time. Not just I, yeah, I'd crap my pants. And then like I, you get drafted, and then Kate, Patrick Kane comes up to you and offers his hand to you. That's pretty. Fun. Yeah, I'm like I, I'd crap my pants. <laughs> and then <laughs> uh, I don't know who uh, on I watched that podcast. Uh, someone else asked like uh, what was I gonna say? Someone else asked something about 
uh, does this feel real to you? Like, it's like, do you ever just like sometimes just feel like, wow, how am I like, am, is this real? And another just, story like, I liked from that podcast yeah. was when he met up with uh, Steve Eiserman and he asked him, he's like, hey, do you smoke weed? <laughs> I was going to bring it up. <laughs> and he's like, and, and Kirby's just like, yeah, I've never smoked weed before. And he's like, yeah, I know. I'm just bugging you or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Was and then one one of them was like one of them was like oh it's like did he did Stevie Wise like okay all right good we want to rip this joint <laughs> that was a yeah <laughs> <laughs> do you imagine if he said that yeah. all right I have a tweet from Charlie Meliotis Patrick Kane I was playing a little too much Xbox during the quarantine I think he was ESHL with the boys. No, I think he's getting addicted to that Fortnite, like Patrick Line. Oh my god, Fortnite is the best game, guys. So what we were saying about Patrick Kane as a leader, I think we can toss that all out the window because he plays Xbox. I mean, Victory Royale boys, who want me to support me and make some Fortnite jokes on our podcast? Leader on the ice. All right, let's yeah. go with that. Yeah, definitely not off the ice. He's a bum. <laughs> oh man. Oh, man. Okay, we got a question here from Tate. Um, I just put out a tweet. It's like, quick fire some Twitter questions at us, and I just tagged you guys, and then Tate responds with, where in the lineup does P.S. Suter fit best, and who are likely candidates to be his line mates if you were center and if you were wings? So that's that's a good question. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think, hear me out. So, Pierce, you actually put this, you talked about this in your article. Yeah, um, about oh, yeah. the Hawks, the Hawks fu- yeah, so the Hawks' future plans. And you said, well, if we can get Pia Suter, and, and, and if he can fit that in, fit in on before, that. That was the night before. So, uh, we if, find him. so if we can get this guy, and he can play third in that third-line role, like it looks like from the scouting reports, it looks like he can, that makes Brandon Saad expen- uh, expendable. That's and you can get rid of that six mil. Yeah. And so that would be huge. So I think third line, and I mean, well, whether it's Strom or Doc that you have as the third line center with him, and Kajula, I think, is a good fit on that right wing side. Yeah, yeah, that's a. I want to say, what do you think, Pierce? Like, where do you? Uh, I know you had that article about him, but like, what do you think now that he's signed and a little more time to think about it? What do you think? Uh, where he fits in and all that? I still that really like. I, I still really like the first line idea of Suter, Taves, and Kubalik. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, um, I I don't know if they get sodded because rid of sod because of this, but like they can like the thing with Suter is he's just so versatile that like, you can put him anywhere he'll drive play and like he's not a defensive liability or anything like you can just trust him in any situation and he's gonna like excel and help your team out in like any yeah. kind of way. Yeah, yeah. No, the thing I I noted I've uh, seen from a lot of people is that apparently he has AI. On like a very solid two-way game, I think that even yeah. so, yeah, that really, I, you know, it's hard to say if it makes Sod expendable because Sod has been sort of expendable for not expendable, but has been on the block for a while. Mm-hmm. I guess this does, yeah, make him expendable, so to say. Um, I just see, I almost, but I, I wonder if like, especially with him being on a cheap contract now, I and I know that the Hawks really like Sod. I know that he's been on the block, but I wonder if they yeah. is like. You know, next year, you know, maybe you get a good draft pick and maybe yeah. being free agency. I'm not saying that it's reasonable or that it's going to happen, but I wonder if uh, if Bowman sees this as, well, I'm going to keep going with this core. We're still 
full-length ox older. Bofus is a year older. Um, but I, uh, I honestly, I could see both sides of it. Um, I think, unfortunately for me, uh, love my man Saad, but uh, I'd say Chan. Yeah, uh, I do too. Don't get me wrong. Oh um, no, I don't think you don't. I think but you don't do, but the, yeah. my my point is, is that yeah. it makes it a realistic possibility that you can afford to get rid of Saad right. if you if you have to. I mean, if they can work right. it out, then that's fine. Oh, I think but they can definitely afford to. The point is that, like you said, Pierce, he's a guy that can probably play first line as well. Yeah, put him in and and yeah, because he's good in both ends of the ice. So that would make a guy like Sod, who's in that same position, just yeah. makes way more money. It would right. make it, it would be possible to to right. be able to trade him. I think it it's like it definitely does. I just it's like Bowman's still at the head. That's the one reason you just don't. He's yeah, yeah. No, I, I, yeah, what I was saying, and I felt yeah. I I guess I should have put it is that I think that I think it makes sense. I think that they probably should. Um, and I think draft day uh, at that point, um, I think you deal sod for some draft uh, capital and maybe hope. Yeah, that's what I up. put in my article. I okay. had them trading. I I don't know if this would ever go through, but like I'm just like it's kind of just like a rough idea. But like I had the I had them trading sod to New Jersey for I think it was like Vancouver's pick that New Jersey has because New Jersey has three first round picks and they have their pick, they have uh, Arizona's pick, and then of course they have the Vancouver pick, which will probably be the least uh, like it'll be the lowest one, like like well highest in terms of like number, but like lowest in terms of value. Yeah. And, so that may might be make sense for them just because New Jersey they're looking for more winger support for Heisher and Hughes like Sod and Heisher together would be perfect just because they're like two both two way monsters yeah I think that would be great for them yeah, and perfect for them right now he's exact he's I think he's exactly what that team needs but yeah like if 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 you can get the right return for Sod then it's a possibility. And I'm pretty sure New Jersey, like, everything just makes sense. Well, like, New Jersey, they have the cap space. They need winger support. They can use that. They can use that experience with Saad, who's won two Stanley Cups and has played with great players. So, And and the Hawks have done recent business with New Jersey. So, Am I dumb? Which trade was that? Uh, um, hold on. Wait, John Are Hayden. John, John Hayden. That's John true. Hayden, yeah. fucking John Hayden! Oh my god! So there is we that. John Hayden. It's not a, not a crazy trade. It was it was a one for one swap, right? With uh, for Quenville. One for one Quenville. We got yeah. Joel Quenville. So back. so not not a huge trade, but there is familiarity there between Bowman and uh, and Bowman. GM. It's actually Tom Fitzgerald now. It's not Ray Shiro. Okay. Yeah. You so, know what? You know what? With with uh, God, with how picky uh, Bowman can be, if it's hopefully it's to that organization because I think that I'm I'm with you, Pierce, and I would uh, think Vinny too. Yeah, I think New Jersey's a perfect fit. People have said Boston, but I really think I don't know. I Where's think, he fit? Where's he fit in Boston? Right, people have said Boston have, so much. They're but, so cap strapped; like they don't have enough cap space. Unless they gave up their first for Kasha. So and and their lineup is just I mean, it's a it's a good lineup already. I mean. I don't know where I you really think New Jersey is a perfect spot. Yeah. So yeah, that would make a lot of sense. It makes too much sense, especially. I'm just thinking about the draft pick they'll get back. If they get a first round pick oh, back. Oh my yeah. God. Especially yeah. at this draft. Oh boy. And give me a round. I was Mark Kelly at the home and we already have another first round pick. That's probably going to be high as well. Oh my goodness. Really like cash that. in. I like that. Yeah. yeah. Add to, uh, yeah, add exactly to uh, right, Adam Bokefist and Kirby Dock. Get like. Noel Gundler dropped to us or whatever, and like I don't know. God, you know what player I'd really like that 
uh, they wouldn't. There's no way they give up a first and him. I, uh, but it maybe a second in this guy. Jesper Bratt would look really nice in a Hawks uniform. Jesper Bratt. Jesper Bratt. The guy is just kind of finding his form, and he's only going to get better, in my opinion. He's only 21. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's young. I guess he, he was yeah. dropped in the sixth round? Did he have yeah, to- that was it's quite, the, quite the fine for them. Oh. I think he had 20 this year. I'm not sure. Okay, his hands, man. You got, his hands are so good. He's filthy, man. He's I would so, love- uh, He's Another Jesper, Jesper Boakfist would be really nice, but again, I don't think. I mean, I don't think it happens. But a guy like, yeah, give me, give me either one of your Jespers, and I'm happy. The Boakfist uh, brothers. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's true. <laughs> ah, well, uh, I, I asked if anyone had any other questions. I don't know. If... Looks like we're not getting any, at least not at the moment. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think Suter. Honestly, I I think that he'd be all right in the third line but i think Suter would honestly i think he's more fit for the top line to be i honest. mean he he'd he'd perform and uh he'd work and well at least on paper he'd work in either in either situation uh it's like and uh, i think anywhere it, anywhere top nine regardless yeah. though i mean i know look i just from the same situation as kubalik obviously different players you can't expect him to have that type of impact that kubalik did but if he can just do if he can bring Anything close to what Kubalik did year one. If you can one. do what Dominic, Dominic Cahoon did, that's yeah. a, a big deal. And, uh, yeah, it's – it's. I said this – it was one of the first things I thought in my head when I when I saw his scouting report was that it's exactly what the Hawks need mm-hmm. or what they've been needing. Is I agree. I a guy agree. that's a, a nice two-way presence, a guy that goes to the net, scores in front of the net, um, and just takes care of his own end. And, and that's I remember when we were talking to Charlie on the podcast. It's like um, players that the Blackhawks would go after in the draft. He's like, there's not enough. There's a lot of skilled players, of course, like uh, Kirby Doc and Folkfist, and like the players that drafted Stroman to bring it. But they don't have like the Marion Hoses or the Patrick Sharps. Like, of course, they have Brand Saad, but they don't have like a Patrick Sharp or like another player where it's just like a two way monster. So, I mean, P.S. Sutter, he's probably not like this. Like just like a defensive dynamo, like a Marion Hosa, but like, yeah, just from hearing everything, like being reliable on his own end, like that's a nice and, piece to add, especially for that cheap. You just touched on it, Pierce, uh, with with Taves not having uh, Hosa. I mean, he hasn't had a guy since Hosa that he could really rely on as that third consistent guy on his line. So I think Suter uh, could be that guy. I mean, we'll see. I could, yeah. I have to agree with you. I'm on not that. saying he's going to be Marion Hosa at all. I'm just it's saying, hard like, to do that. I yeah, know, <laughs> not many guys. Yeah, but uh, I think I think if he can fit in with Taves, that'd be big. I love the Dominic. I, I really, you know, Pierce and I have said like, you know, comparisons really aren't fair to draft, uh, you know, draftees and just players in general. But I really do see a lot of Dominic Cahoon. Like he just, it's just that little jitterbug, you know, like energy guy. Doesn't like, yeah, not defensive stalwart, but he. He can handle himself in his own zone, and uh, not crazy physical, but I mean, like it's he crap. plays a hard style still. Like that. Right, right. Well, how how tall is he? Do you know Vinny? I think he's five uh, eleven. He's like five eleven, one, uh, one eighty, one eighty yeah, something. Like something. He looks like five ten five or like, and and yeah. and that's just oh, it, right? It's five eleven. Yeah, and that that's the modern style of what it means to be a hard nosed player. Like right. you're not necessarily crazy physical. But you're like, uh, um, you play hard that nose. two-way, yeah, hard nose, two-way style, go to the net. I think your dog agrees, dude. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bark, bark, bark. Yeah, and he's got a nice <laughs> shot. Nice shot. And, man, you know, for a guy who's 5'10", he gets – like, I know it's not as physical as the NHL for sure, but, um, no, he really – he's still playing in a league with men, and he – man, he gets to the net, and he stays there. It's, you know, really uh, just – I don't know. Makes you, makes me excited as a Hawks fan. It's awesome. I think they just – and we talked yeah. about the Leafs being soft. I think the Hawks still kind of have that issue with this new this new core. Not core, but the new team around that core, actually. So, I don't know. I think guys like this, it's perfect. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, no, I was just going to say, uh, like you said, Jimmy, uh, with, with guys like Kajula now, and they brought Shaw back. Hopefully, he's good and ready to go for next season. Um, and now Suter. Those are the guys that you kind of want to uh, include in uh, building your core, like w- with, with the Doc and Boakfist. You want guys around them. Yeah. That are going to be able to play that modern hard nose style. Right. The thing is with Suter, like he's only 24. It's not like he's terribly old, and he's played in North America before. I want to say, um, he played uh in Guelph of the OHL, and I want to say one of the years like before he left for Switzerland, he got like 40 something goals or something like that. Like he's used to North American ice, so it's not going to be a like a tough transition for him or anything. Okay, we we got a question. Got a question. Oh, we did. Popular. Uh, so this is from Tate again. Thank you, oh, Tate. Nice. Well, uh, what was a player? What was a player you felt was underappreciated and overrated from this year's Blackhawks team? Oh, underappreciated, overrated. Um, can I start that off? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I you know, just because my memory has been garbage lately, I'm gonna pick up the roster. Um. I would say uh, overrated. I, I'm starting to try to get away from that word, but yeah, I, for, that's a whole thing. But because I, I feel like it's just unfair to the player, but um, but I I do I do think that there are, I'll say underachieved. How about that? Let's see who underachieved on this team. I have a name. I have a name for underappreciated. I don't know about overrated, but underappreciated. underappreciated. I have a name. I would. Um, you know, my easy answer is always going to be Connor Murphy. Connor Murphy. I think that's Un- just underappreciated. I think Connor Murphy. Yeah. Year in, year out, man. He's. I don't know, man. And it's not just Hawks fans. It's league ra- league round. I think that ever- man immensely underrated. Yeah, appreciated. Uh, ever since he came to the Hawks, he's been. I think he's been pretty good. Someone, um, uh, uh kitten, kitten mittens, kitten mittens on uh, on Twitter. Oh my god. That really summed up his. He said, uh, "The only thing that Connor Murphy, uh, only bad thing Connor Murphy has done since coming to Chicago is not being named Nicholas Jalverson." Oh yeah, that's a good tweet. Like Perfect. it or not, that was, like it or not, that was a. It was a smart and future-oriented trade, and I'm I was happy with it. Or I mean, obviously at the time, it's tough to see a guy like Nicholas Jalverson go because he's so, made such a huge impact. Well. Yeah. Made such a huge impact, but yeah, like you say, it's it has aged very well. Yeah, um, made so for, the it's been for me, in terms of underappreciated, I don't know. I can't really think off the top of my head overrated, but underappreciated, a name that comes to mind is Slater Cuckoo. Oh, this year. So, so yeah. I remember last year, I yeah. was just I got so mad at him. Like I can't, I can't even lie to you guys. I got so mad at mad at him last season about just just making. Like, I remember. I go. My mind goes back to that Colorado back-to-back when we were still sort of in the playoff hunt, 
And oh, I just felt I I feel bad for him after the fact, but he just mm. I just he, he cost cost us the game basically at the end. Yeah. Uh, it, I think it was in Chicago. But no, this but, year I think Cuckoo. Um, I can't even really complain about Cuckoo this year because he was good. Like it just shocked me. Like, he was oh, he, he was he was respectable this year, and uh, especially like on that third pairing. Uh, he played a bit with Mer- uh, with Mata, and they formed a good, uh, a nice little duo there. Um, but yeah, no, definitely Slater Cuckoo this year for me. I want to add something to that, uh, Vinny. Is that um, and I, I, I definitely myself was too hard on the guy. Um, especially like his, yeah. I wouldn't say his, yeah, sort of his, yeah, or that that last. What am I saying? I'm not saying words. I'm not even talking. Uh, near the end of the year in 2019, um, he had, like he had just gotten his first real NHL season. Tate just asked us a bunch of questions. No. That's going to make us popular. No, but, um, but uh, no, he's, he's so new. Like this is his first real full season. Yeah. It's crazy. Isn't that crazy to think about? Yeah. And it's another guy who, while he was in Tampa, I know when he, when he was ending off, he wasn't, uh, wasn't playing well. Confidence was probably out. It's absolute worst. Getting so, right. He didn't get consistent time either. So, so coming to the Hawks that first season, you know, he's just trying to get settled in, right? And and I think his problem was he just he just make a big mistake quite yeah. a bit. And that was his issue, but this year he looked more settled. Um seemed yeah, seemed Gardner way and, and <laughs> seemed way more reliable this year. That's yeah. the one thing I noticed. Like just as a third pairing guy, um I always thought he was a like like when I first when you when you first think about him uh, from his first year, you know you don't really think he's a good skater. But this year, I mean, he, I mean, you notice he's a good skater. He may not be the flashiest, fastest skater, but he's very uh, for his size. I mean, he's pretty big. Oh yeah, he's very he's really very efficient. Like he he's not he's definitely not silky, but he's he's just a solid efficient skater, and he he's. He seems to know his role, and he, he seems to like playing in that role. He's not, you know, he doesn't try to be a top four defenseman. He knows his role, and he plays it. And he's, especially near the end of the year, I remember seeing him in person, I think it was against Edmonton, he, or, yeah, against Edmonton. He just looked solid, you know? Maybe that wasn't the game, but it was just, we kind of, I remember we were texting each other, uh, and for us just saying, oh, is Slater Cuckoo actually good? Is this, is this guy actually reliable and yeah he's i mean the numbers back it up maybe he goes and eats crow in the playoffs who knows but he's he just seems to have kind of find his role and it's it's nice to see for a guy at that age i um, was pleasantly surprised same so that here's my underrated my underrated player is uh he only played a few games but lucas carlson i think he's gonna ah, be a I really was i was say it but i was like always oh, only played like Two games, but like yeah, that. yeah. Even if he's that. only a bottom pairing defenseman, I think he could be a nice number five. Um, he's a really good puck mover, not like a like a dynamic skater, but he's just really solid on his like edges and whatnot. And you can get the puck out, and you need you need defensemen like that on your uh, third pairing. So guys like uh, Nick Sealer and Dennis Gilbert who can't really skate and only fight, and that's like the only thing they're good for. <laughs> But yeah, um, overrated player. I don't really know if there's an overrated player. Maybe I guess I'd say Olimata just because I don't know. Um, 
I guess he I was on and off. He was yeah, on he was, and off. Like some games he looks alright, but then there's just some games where he just like he gets walked the big past. Mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't really say anyone was like like horribly overrated. I wanted to say like to bring kit, but like at the same time, like shooter He's unless you're good. Yeah, unless you're Alex Ovechkin, your like snipers are always gonna have like at least one off year or like a sh- like a PDO bender where their their shooting percentage is really a, a down low. But uh, yeah, um, so Tate just Tate just asked us like let's get to bunch. this question. Yeah, Tate just asked let's like just a go bunch one at a time, yeah. <laughs> including the second one. We'll, we'll get to that. Any of these? Is Askarov a waste of a pick at ten? Why did my life my wife leave me? Why do you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, first question is Askarov a waste of a pick at ten? Uh, oh, I know my depends, answer to this one. It depends who's on the board. There's like, like a like players for me that we would have to drop. We gotta cap it off after this one before Tate gives us a two-hour podcast. Yeah, I know. I was gonna say we're like at an hour and a half for now. At least that's what it says. Um, but. It depends who's there. Um, if like no one with like forwards left with like the really high upside are there at whenever the Blackhawks are picking, yeah, I'd go a scare off. But like if one of the guys drops, like say a team in the top five picks a Jake Sanderson or whatever, and like one of the top guys falls, like I don't know, like somehow Marco Rossi falls just because he's small and European and teams don't like that, then yeah, you pick him. But like if the top ten goes according to top ten and a scare off drops to the Blackhawks, absolutely go after him. Yeah. yeah, I've I've had a ton of confidence in ask in uh, what Askarov I think is how you say it. Yeah, so I was scare off. Yeah, so right. yeah, I've know. had a lot of confidence in him since the start. Um, I just you talk about a guy that's just won medal after medal, like just stealing games. Like I mean, uh, at the obviously at the Holinka, he had that in the finals against Canada. He just. Canada just like dominated, like dominated most of the game, and he stood on his head. Um, but no, I think I agree with you, Pierce. Um, as long as someone doesn't drop, like like say like a Raymond, or uh, who else, um, Perfetti or Perfetti maybe I don't I don't know. But uh, as long as a guy doesn't drop to that spot, I think Askarov is a good pick there. Yeah, I have to agree. Um... I'm not gonna try to say his name. I'm just gonna Askarov. Yeah, the guy. The guy. Yeah. Oh gosh. Russian, Russian goalie. Yeah, really good Russian goalie guy. I, you know, I've talked about this one a lot. Um, I think simplest way to put it for me is, uh, if Raymond Rossi, um, or unless Raymond Rossi or Lundell are there, uh, take him. Yeah. Take him absolutely. I think, yeah, I think that's he's... another one. Anton Lindell might drop too. Well, yeah. but also Anton Lindell, he's I. That's one. Yeah, I don't know. I'd say yeah, Rossi or Raymond or anybody in the top five or anybody in like the top, the mid, you know, like four, five to eight. And it could happen. I mean, it it really could happen because the top ten is just like, I feel like like right after after I guess um, well, I think the top three. Well, Lafreniere obviously number one. Byfield and Stutzla yeah. will, will be your three. After that, I think it's interchangeable for the most part, from that yeah. four to nine range, and and ten possibly. Um, uh, yeah, but like I'm I said, I, way too much disrespect, man. 
Can't believe it. Like, like Short I said, things uh, being disrespected. Askarov, just good stats throughout his whole entire uh, youth career. Whole um, life. Good numbers, uh, good numbers in the VHL, which obviously is not an upper tier pro league, but it is a men's league. It's like the HL equivalent of a the lot of KHL, pretty sure. Um, a lot of people don't know that, and uh, it was he played one game in the KHL. I think was the youngest goalie to ever start or something, or He's win a game. He's not even eighteen yet either. Young, young, <laughs> or no, he broke. is eighteen, but like he wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't eighteen at the time. Sorry. I guess maybe I guess the hype just comes because you know we have. I mean, say what you want. I guess opinions differ on this, but we haven't had a goalie prospect come up with this much hype since i mean some people say vasilevsky some people say price even price yeah that's like the big since, one since price. 15 years and have and you ever seen that have you ever seen that uh video pierre clip McGuire. of uh, pierre mcguire it's like that's a terrible pick <laughs> <laughs> he's like they could have picked gilbert brule or whatever gilbert brule yeah. <laughs> oh, gilbert brule uh pierre mcguire if only the canadians had gilbert brule right now boy. yeah and I think, and I think, I didn't, I don't know that is. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> he played play for the Vancouver Giants, actually. I uh, so oh, Vancouver you know, Giants uh, alumni. Uh, right there, yeah. Uh, oh, what else is I gonna say? Um, I think it's, and it's also just ironic that Askarov is right-handed. Like it's just yeah. a goalie like that doesn't come around very often. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited to see how he progresses. Hey, he's, be the next he's, capital Francois. We're lucky. He's, he's literally oh, wow. the same age as me, which is crazy. It's just crazy to think about. But yeah, yeah right. it'll, it'll be interesting. You know what what do you expect right. to be the Blackhawks rookie of the year for next season? You know what makes me excited, guys, is a really hyped-up goalie coming out with uh, catching right. God, maybe he can uh-huh. be our Steve Mason. Whoa, he won a Calder and then become nothing nothing after. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who would be our rookie of the year next season? I have a I have a dark horse pick. Uh, cool. Oh, oh, I know, I I got it. I got oh, an easy one. Guys, Ian Mitchell. There you go. Such I, a surprise Ian, answer. Ian, Ian, Mitchell, Ian Mitchell. I know. I was gonna go Ian Mitchell, but I'm like, I kind of want to go for dark horse Brandon Hagel. I could see him potting 15 goals next year, which would be nice for them. Oh, yeah. fair. He'll be Philip yeah. Kurushev, hands down. <laughs> Philip Kurushev, that's my boy. When we were talking with Chris Peters, uh, when we had Chris Peters on, he spoke highly of Eskarov, and he also spoke spoke highly of Khrushchev too. He's like, usually he, he said something like, usually players in the fourth round will make the NHL, and he's like, I'm confident that Khrushchev will make the NHL at least in some capacity. I think he's looked, you know, in the AHL. I think that I uh, he struggled a little bit, but besides that, I think he's just looked fantastic. Like wherever he's played, you know, whether it was God, he he even looked good in the Worlds last year. You know, and he's he's playing I on the remember, That's you don't have much there, man. I remember, I remember being really hyped about him at the World Juniors. Oh yeah, when it was here in Vancouver. Uh, Tate said, "If y'all could answer why my life my wife left me, that would be great." I'm not telling you. Well, Tate, I'm not telling you, man. Um, I'll leave Vinny. You tell him. I don't even know what to say. That's uh, that's 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 really sad. Obviously, Tate's a Tate's a brother to us. Um, hey, Tate. I know exactly right. what to do. I send you my prayers. Prayers and thoughts, buddy. It sounds yeah, like thoughts and prayers. Yeah. Well, she told yeah, me we can get her remarried. Uh, right, boys. Uh, it, was, it was nice seeing her today, and uh, I'll let her know that you said uh, hi. Tate. Yeah. Right. 
<laughs> okay, I read moving on from that question. <laughs> yeah, so, I, I guess we kind of so, talked yeah. about this earlier with Brent Seabrook. How do the Blackhawks handle him going forward? This is definitely interesting because obviously he's skating now. I don't know if he's good enough to. I don't know if he's good enough to play in the series already. Like it's just he still makes too much money and like is he even like a bottom pairing defenseman? Or are they just gonna sit him playing as a seven defenseman? I. I, I think your only your only realistic your only realistic bet is that you, and they did this before, with Seabrook when he. Uh, they they put him sheltered bottom pairing minutes five yeah. on five, yeah. and I think that's the only realistic way to go with this. He really shouldn't be playing. To be honest, five on five. I don't but, know why putting him on penalty kills and power and play. The, and, all that. and then that's the other thing is that you know, especially starting next year, you're going to have Ian Mitchell coming yeah. into the lineup, and we need to make room for him. So. Yeah. I mean, obviously, that's a contract that's going to be very hard and basically virtually impossible to move because no one wants to take that. Um, and I, I guess he probably just uh, takes the role of seventh D. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't see what else he can do. I think that's what they could do. I don't. I the way things were left off with him and Colton definitely, you know, left a bad taste uh, yeah. in my mouth. And I don't know if. Um, I really don't know if I trust that it's going to be smooth sailing from there, but whether it is or not, I think they just have to, yeah, just, he has to keep that or accept that seventh defenseman role. He needs to have time limited. He's at that age. And maybe with these surgeries, he realizes that and he accepts that role more and definitely argue that, you know, it wasn't communicated the best way um, back then. But I think at this point he just has to be that seventh defenseman and I, he shouldn't be on anything besides five on five. He shouldn't be. Yeah. Sheltered. Yeah, exactly. Right. With you and, and I'm sure he knows, he knows that, that we got young guys coming up yeah, that are vying for helps. roster spots. And it just, it, it's, it's, it's on, it's honestly a little sad, you know, cause like, uh, you know, yeah. he's done so much for the Hawks organization. Best and case it's scenario. Unfortunate how he. Well, best it's case. Unfortunate how he fell off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you, I love that one second lag right there. Yeah. Well, best case scenario is Brent Seabrook finds like a place where he can actually play. I've always been saying this, but like Florida, going back to play with Joel Quenville, move to Florida with his oh. family. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's such a difficult situation there, and it's going to be interesting to see if. Stan Bowman handles it, if at all. So, last question. Um, what prospect is hardly talked about in the Blackhawks system that you have a lot of faith in? And, uh, yeah, the last question, finally. Um, what prospect that is hardly talked about in the Blackhawks system that you have a lot of faith in? I already brought it up, Brandon Hagel. Um, he generated a lot of shots at the AHLS level, scored, I think, 19 goals. So, he's right like on the cusp of being a 20-goal scorer at only like 21 years old in the AHL, which is nothing to... Nothing to scoff about, and he he was like one of the like top shot generation the shot generators um, <laughs> as a prospect forward. So I think Brendan Hagel can be like a nice middle six goal scorer, honestly. Yeah. Who is what was the question again? Um, what prospect that is hardly talked about in the Blackhawk system that you have a lot of faith in? Uh, kind of like underrated prospect, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well. I, there you go for I kind of have an answer. I want to I hear. Mean, yeah, I know. So, uh, well, I mean, I guess, 
I guess he's talked about way more now. But I mean, I didn't even think about him, or I wasn't wasn't thinking about him. But Lucas Carlson. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He came that up and looked else. good. And I... Uh-oh. Did the new leg out? Too much. Oh. Yeah, you you lagged out. Did you leg leg though for a bit? You're good though. You're good though. Okay. Uh, so Lucas Carlson, I mean, he uh, came in, played some games, and looked pretty good. So that's the yeah. guy that. That's a guy that I guess was. Uh, that's a guy that was um, not not looked at a whole lot, I guess. Funny enough, uh, your guys' answers, or <laughs> were the two I was picking between. So, because uh, those are two guys like Lucas Carlson, I kept my eye on a little bit longer. I know Pierce and I, we've talked for a while about Lucas Carlson and how we thought he was. I think Wally was saying it too, how he's kind of like the. Uh, sort of the uh, underrated gem uh, of the Rockford defense and in their system as a whole. Um, And Hagel sort of came into that conversation this year, but I really have to stick with Carlson. I really think that, I think that he, I'm not saying he's going to be Jesus out there, um, but I I definitely could see him being a guy who when needed could play in your, on your second pairing. I'm not saying he is a second pairing guy, but, I think he's a guy who's a fantastic number five, has the potential to be that. And, you know, say you, uh, you know, a guy like Mitchell, say somebody gets injured on the left side and you need him to play with uh, with Mitchell on the second pairing, maybe that's, you know, your future pairing. and Or maybe, you know, Mitchell's in your second pairing in the future and you need a guy like that to step in there. I, I feel confident he, he can do that. Um, so, I, I don't know, I love this kid's game and I, I'm really excited to see where he takes it. All right, I think that's uh, everything. So it's been a long podcast. I'm pretty sure this is the longest podcast we've done so far. So, (laughs) gentlemen, thank you for joining. It was nice doing this over uh, Skype. We could see each other's beautiful faces. Um, Just going to plug plug some things. Uh, I've already brought this up, but if you guys could check out our – our uh, medium publication, Crow's Nest, that I do with our friend, our Blackhawks friends, mutuals, uh, Wally and Charles. Maybe we could have one of them on or both of them on some other time. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, if you could check that out, that'd be nice. Uh, Vinny, what's your Twitter so people can follow you? At KittyCat1288. I'll put the links in the... Yeah. Or I'll put, like, the... Uh, yeah. And After, what's yours, Jimmy? What's yours, Jimmy? Mine is uh, Tarantino. <laughs> I just wanted to make you say I was that. bored, guys. I, I didn't think about it, okay? Oh, fantastic name. Best name out there. What, you, what am I talking about? Yeah, and you mine's... can follow me at Kajulalicious. Second, <laughs> second best name, third best name to Kajulalicious uh, and Kitty Cat 1288. Sure. <laughs> I hear my yeah. cat like jingling your bell out, so maybe this is a so, sign to end it. Yeah, so <laughs> my story with that was like, I'm just like, well, Debrink gets n- nicknames the cat, so I, I couldn't just go cat 1288. Yeah, but not a loser living in his mom's bed. So I just went probably. kitty cat. I'm the loser. And that's the story. That's the rich, the very rich history befo- uh, bleh, behind my username. 
That's a Canadian heritage moment. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. <laughs> Hope y'all are staying safe out there, washing your hands, wearing masks out in public, all that stuff, social distancing, all that. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, hopefully this recording works out and I can put it on YouTube. And, of course, if you're listening to this on Spotify, obviously it's available. So, yeah, thanks all for tuning in. Stay safe and peace. Peace out, people. Bye-bye.